Well, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, please turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, and then you'll also want to also be in Revelation 21 and 22. This is the last message in our Heaven series. And um, with this particular series, we've had four different messages. The very first one was about heaven right now and understanding what's taking place right now and that heaven is in this intermediate state. And the next message we talked about was the return of Jesus Christ. He's going to come back. And uh, those who are alive and in Christ, they will rise and meet the Lord in the air and they'll meet all those who have gone before us in the air and will be together with the Lord And then the other thing we talked about was the marriage supper of the Lamb and how we're going to uh, have this banquet that's going to take place in heaven. And then we also talked about the battle of Armageddon where Jesus is going to return to this earth and there's a battle taking place and then Jesus will literally reign on this earth for 1,000 years. That was the millennial reign which we covered Last week, And at the end of the millennial reign, Satan will be loosed from where he's bound, and he'll gather an army together, and uh, this final battle, Gog and Magog, will take place. And at the end of that battle, when Christ wins, there'll be the great white throne judgment. And following the great white throne judgment, the earth and the heavens will be destroyed by fire, and God's going to make all things new. And that's what the title of this message is, All Things New And before we begin to read from God's Word and understand what He's written for us to see, I just want to pray and ask that the Lord would just settle our hearts to receive from Him. So would you please pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for Your Word, how You teach us and instruct us. You, you bring hope into our lives. And Father, I pray that Your Spirit would be at work as we read and we hear from you. And Father, I pray that you would speak into our lives right now. Minister to every heart. And we thank you for this great hope of what you're going to be doing in the future, but Lord, also what this means for us here and now. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this very first passage here from Second Peter chapter 3 is in regards to the heavens and the earth passing away or being destroyed. So in verse 3, Peter says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the time of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. And then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. That would be that great white throne judgment right before God makes all things new. Verse 8, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. 
And the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. And on that day He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth that He has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And you'll see this photo here of the earth being consumed by fire and understanding that when Peter is talking about these things, it's a prophetic look into the future. Right before God makes all things new, He has to refine everything that has been hindered by the curse of sin. Now God is going to make all things new, and that's where we're going to turn to Revelation 21 now. And I'm going to draw up this picture here for you, this picture of this new Jerusalem that we're going to read about that's going to come down from heaven and land here on this earth. And John talks about this in Revelation 21. And as we're reading, I'm going to stop along the way so you can get some of the images here of what these things might be like. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city. And here's that image of the holy city. The new Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people, and He will live with them, and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them, and He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children." But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bulls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride 
the wife of the Lamb. Now, if you remember the marriage supper of the Lamb, the bride often being referred to as the church. In this particular passage here, though, the bride is going to be referenced as this city, New Jerusalem. So he took me in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And it shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. And the city was broad and high, with twelve gates guarded by twelve angels. And the names of the tribes of Israel were written on the gates. And there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. And then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. Now, I just want to stop there for a second, roll through some pictures, help us to get a context of what it is that we're seeing, what it is we're picturing here with the new Jerusalem. Now, I had a measuring tape that I used to measure from my office door to this pulpit. So if you know this church and the layout that I'm talking about, that's probably a little over 100 feet. I was about at 100 feet, a few pews in here. And to think that these walls were 216 feet thick, that's what they're going to be. So imagine from the pulpit to my office, and then just think, double that, and that is the thickness of these walls. Incredible to think about. If you've ever been to Disney World, there's Cinderella's Castle, and that's about 190 feet in the air. If you were to flip that on end, the walls are thicker than that castle is high. Incredible the walls of New Jerusalem. Now the dimensions are listed here, 1,400 miles wide by 1,400 miles long. That is half of the United States of America. You know, imagine a city coming down from the sky with that big of landmass. You're going to see this. It's just incredible the kind of imagery we have here. And what's interesting is he says it's also 1,400 miles high. And just for a little bit of context, the Hubble Space Telescope, the satellite that orbits our Earth, is around 380 miles high. So the height of New Jerusalem is about three and a half times the height of that satellite that's orbiting around our Earth earth. It's incredible to think of this city, New Jerusalem. Let's keep reading here and 
understanding that this wall, the wall I spoke about, was made of jasper and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. And the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with twelve precious stone. Now, we'll look at these stones here. They're very beautiful. I'm going to read them here as it describes these stones inlaid into the wall and the foundation. The first was jasper, the second was sapphire, the third was agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelve amethysts. And the twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. You can look at a passage like that. Whenever you hear people talking about heaven, they might say the pearly gates. Well, that might be where they're pulling that from here and talking about New Jerusalem. Another picture here talking about the main street. The main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. Just thinking of the imagery here is just incredible. Things that our eyes can't even imagine. The things we're going to take in and visualize. Our mind can't even fathom these things. The next picture you'll see here, back again to New Jerusalem. As John wraps this part up, he says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. And the nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. And its gate will never be closed. And at the end of the day, because there is no night there. Now, last week we talked about no night being in the millennial reign, and we don't know how there's light. And that verse in Zechariah confirmed that we don't know. Only the Lord knows how there could be light. But in the all things new stage here of new Jerusalem and heaven and earth made new, we see that the Lamb is its light. And it says, All the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city, and nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We're going to roll into Revelation 22 here, talking about this river or this water of life. And you'll see the picture here also on the screen. It says, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it flowed down the center of the main street. And on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him. 
And they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. And then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. All the things we've been talking about this past month in this heaven series, it's trustworthy and it's true. The kind of future that those in Christ Jesus have is incredible. It says the Lord God who inspires His prophets has sent His angel to tell His servants what will happen soon. And the Lord God who inspires prophets, look at this from Isaiah 25, verses 8 through 9, God inspiring Isaiah. Isaiah says, He will swallow up death forever, and the Sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears, and He will remove forever all insults and mockery against His land and people. The Lord has spoken And in that day the people will proclaim, This is our God. We trusted in Him and He saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation that He brings. In closing with this message today, I want us to understand what our response should be in regards to to all things being made new. And I think we get this response from 2 Peter 3, verses 14 and 15. I'm going to read these verses first, and then I will list to you three things in the area of our response today. 2 Peter 3, verses 14 through 15, I had just read at the very beginning of this message about how heaven and earth will be destroyed by fire. And in verse 14, Peter says, And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, so that's us, we're waiting for these things to happen, he says, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and that are blameless in his sight. So as we wait for the promises of heaven and the things that are going to come, Peter says, here's our response, live peaceful lives. Live pure lives. And to live blameless lives. You wonder why Peter would emphasize those things. I think it's to recognize that while we're living here on this earth, we need to have the mindset, we need to have the understanding that we are also living for heaven right now. And heaven is a peaceful place. Heaven is a pure place. Heaven is a blameless place. And it's a place for those who are living right with God. And Peter says, focus on being people who have the peace of Christ in your life, who have the purity of Christ in your life, and you're blameless in the area of sin. That can be our response to all the things that God promises 
for our future. So we know that God is going to make all things new one day. Things are going to be destroyed by fire, refined by fire, and He's going to set up things new, and He's dealt with the issue and the curse of sin forever. It's gone. It's completely lifted. We're looking forward to that day, but as I was preparing this message this week, there was something that resonated with me when it comes to all things being new. And you might go, Pastor Russ, that's great that that's something that'll happen in the future, but what about the situation that I'm in right now? The situation that I'm in that's cursed by sin, that's cursed by bad decisions, that's cursed by just simply the pain and the agony of living in a world that's not perfect and filled with people who aren't perfect. What do you do with that? And this is what resonated with me is you look at the amazing, incredible things that God's going to do then. That same supernatural God wants to make all things new in our life right now. So while one response is to live peaceful lives, pure lives, blameless lives, if you're in a situation where you feel like my life has been riddled by the curse of sin, I need God to make all things new. You've maybe been walking with Christ for years, but your life needs the transformation of God Almighty. He can make all things new. In your circumstance, in your situation, this is the God of the Bible who restores and heals. We're going to pray in a moment, and if there is someone that's listening right now that you are walking through a situation or a circumstance where you just need God to breathe life into it. You need to, His help in making things new. We're going to pray over that. Together we'll surrender that to the Lord. If you were to read on in 2 Peter 3, in verse 15, I want to make a point here, because there might be somebody listening right now that Perhaps you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when Isaiah talked about rejoicing in the salvation that God brings, you've not experienced the salvation that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to lead you in that. But recognizing that in First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter three, verse fifteen. He says, remember that our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. We have a God that is patient. He's gracious. He's merciful. And He desires to see as many people as possible enter into heaven. And if you hear anything through this series this past month, is that you were made for a person and his name is Jesus and you've been made for a place and that place is heaven. 
Do you know where you will go when you take your last breath? God wants you to be saved from your sin. Have you dealt with the sin issue in your life and received Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? The Bible's very clear. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. The wages of that sin is death. But the gift that comes from God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you want to receive him right now, I will lead you in that prayer to receive him. As we pray this final prayer of response for everyone that's listening, let's invite the Holy Spirit into this moment here as we lift our hearts to the Lord. Will you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, I thank you for how this series causes us to consider the future that we have the things you have in store for those who believe in you. And Father, as we talked about some of the responses that we can have here today, living peaceful lives, living pure lives, living blameless lives, help us, Lord, to live in those ways as we wait the things that are coming in the future. Father, if there's anyone listening right now that there's situations or there's circumstances going on that, Lord, they need you to come and make all things new for their life. Father, I pray that you'd touch this individual. I pray that you'd touch this circumstance. Breathe life into whatever it is that they are going through right now. Father, through your supernatural hand, bring a miracle for these individuals. Make all things new in their life. And Father, if there's someone listening right now that doesn't have a relationship with you, I know you're drawing them in. You invite them into a relationship. And you let that individual know that you have paid for their sin because you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross on their behalf. But we must come to you and ask for forgiveness of our sin and change our life and move in a new direction, your direction, and if there's someone right now that would desire that for their life, I want to invite you to pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I ask for forgiveness of my sin, that you'd cleanse me, that you'd make me new. And I ask that you would help me to live for you. I pray that you would guide me and lead me from this day forward. 
And I thank you for this gift of salvation. And I can have a relationship with you right now, and I also have the promise of heaven. And I thank you for this gift. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close this service today, if there's someone right now that did just pray with me to receive Christ into your life, I want to um, guide you to a resource we have here at the church. This resource is called Now What? And with this resource, it's uh, going to walk you through. Uh, first off, tell somebody. Tell somebody that you just prayed to receive Christ. And um, as you do so, there's also a 30-day journal guide as you walk through some scriptures. What does it mean to pray? A number of things are in this resource, and we want to direct you to that. If you go to our website, faithccpalmer.org, just put forward slash now dash what, and that'll get you to this resource, and you can request a free Bible while you're also there. Just a few announcements.